Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to the Melrose Place podcast, where we rewatch, recap, and analyze every episode of the hit 90s TV series, Melrose Place. I'm Jenny Hill. And I'm Dan Hill. Let's start this. July 28th, 1992, entitled For Love or Money. Now, when the music came up, I did listen for that popping sound this time around. The pop is dope. It is right there in the forefront. And like you said, that's the only thing I can hear when I listen to the theme music now. We'll call it the pop. The pop. So, where do we start? Jane and Michael are jogging down Melrose Avenue. Really awkwardly jogging. Well, they're like, they're playfully racing. And Michael's wearing a cat in the hat shirt. Yeah, and Jane is wearing what I think my mother refers to as culottes. (laughs) (laughs) I think they were culottes, yeah. And uh, yeah, they're like playful banter. Like it has nothing to do with anything in hindsight. And they're just, it's just... Well, it opens it up because they run into Melrose Place where Jake is working on his bike right next to the pool. Yeah, on cement, on the on the in, inner inner workings of Melrose Place. Like the courtyard of Melrose Place, he's probably four feet away from the swimming pool working on his bike. And Michael's like, uh, Jake, bad idea. You're going to get oil spots all over this place. Yeah, it's a horrible idea. I don't know what possessed Jake to think that that was cool to do that. And then he's like, by the way, rent's due. And then it is, what, Allison goes, is at work, and she gets a random donut from... Oh, well, a little male guy has a crush. Right, uh, Dansworth. Yeah, His last Rick, Dan- Rick, Rick Dansworth. Dansworth, and he's the male guy, and he brings Allison a donut, and we learn that he's been bringing her sweets all week. And he's sort of like secretly, not so secretly admiring her, and he's rocking the same 90s style of like jeans and then light blue shirt, denim shirt, and shitty tie. Like <laughs> yeah. everybody looks like a fucking... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Substitute teacher. <laughs> they all oh, do. That was the style. Well, that brings us to this coffee shop where, um, not a substitute teacher. The guy that runs the shop, he is a high English yeah. royal British guy. I call him Johnny Swanks. <laughs> he is swanky as shit. And he is very particular about his cappuccino. Right. And Jake bursts in. He's like, I seen your ad in the classifieds, in the one ads. He's like, can I work here? And uh, this is before Starbucks. So I think that this was a very provocative idea that there were coffee shops that just had like cappuccinos and americanos and lattes and uh, things that were a little bit more highbrow than your standard cup of coffee so 
this was pretty ahead of its time uh, in 92. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Johnny Swanks is like, Will, have you ever worked a cappuccino maker? Can you make a macchiato? And Jake is like, uh, what's he say? It can't be, can't be harder than Mr. Coffee, right? <laughs> and... Th- and- he basically begins work at that moment. Immediately. Yeah. They don't sign any papers. He gets the apron and he's off to the races operating said machine with zero training. Right there. Right then and there. Yeah. So then I like my first thought here when he puts on the apron is that this is not going to work out. Like this is not his job. It's not going to happen. Agreed, but I think it's fun to watch him uh, try to fiddle with that machine and try to make those cappuccinos. Mm-hmm. Um, Allison is then propositioned at work to go to dinner. Well, she's having lunch with the male guy, Rick, and that's when he reveals to her that he is the son of one of their largest accounts. Ah, uh, yes, young Dansworth. <laughs> yes, Mr. Dansworth is the son big of... Account, biggest account for D&D. This, yeah. <laughs> this is a big deal. Son works in the mailroom. Yeah, and uh, the biggest account is Sunray Sunscreen. Mm-hmm. And he, he asks her to dinner, and she's like, we only met a few days ago. And then he says, uh, he says, what are you going to do? Rent a video? And then she references <laughs> Oprah to say, you know, I've seen these these segments on Oprah where they go over workplace romances and it's not recommended. <laughs> and then boom, Jake's knee deep back at the coffee shop, swamped, like working that machine hard. And in walks an old flame. Oh, yeah. What is her name? Her name's Perry. Perry, right. Her choker says it all. Short hair, sort of a rocker back in her back in her prime. Yeah, that Joan Jett leather jacket. And she's just kind of shitting on Jake's way of life and like can't believe he's works at a at well, a shitty coffee shop. The direct quote is I love the way you bury the nozzle. You always did have the touch. (laughs) What? (laughs) Very filled with sexual innuendo. Mm -hmm. That's when he leaves mid-shift and just announces, coffee break, and he's out of there. Going on a coffee break, boss. (laughs) Uh, And then, uh, what, we cut back, cut to MP, Check in the mail with Rhonda and well, Matt. Right? Not before Perry says that she has an opportunity oh, right, for Jake right, right. that could make him a lot of money. Yeah. And then he's like, no, thanks. Yeah. He's leaving that life behind. Yeah. He's done. He's done with Perry at this point. So then we go to interior of Melrose Place where Rhonda and Matt are checking the mail. And Matt is rather chippy from the start. Yeah. He's like... Rhonda's like, oh my god, my classes. And he's like, spare me, Rhonda. I work at this. Is it a shelter? It's a halfway house. It's a halfway house. Okay. I, was, I, didn't, I didn't understand if it was like, uh, like a food drive or like a boy's home <laughs> or like, I just knew it's some sort of charitable, like good service. Yeah. So he basically runs the halfway house and he tells Rhonda that some funding got cut and because of this, they've lost their cook. So now, on top of all the other things that he has to do for the halfway house, he has to cook dinner tonight as well. Right. And this is literally the first time Matt has entered 
the the world of confrontation. Like he's he's purely been a character that just facilitates he's other like, scenes and scenarios. Yeah, he he's basically the neighbor from Home Improvement up to this point, <laughs> where he's just like the advice guy. So Rhonda volunteers to cook, and everything is all good. And then Sandy comes on the scene with the "Come and Get Me" dress right. that Rhonda want wore in episode one. Yeah, so two people have worn this dress now, and now From and now Jane's it's store. yeah, and now it's going to to Allison for her date with. With young young Dansworth. Um, well, it turns out she doesn't even wear the dress. But Allison is getting ready. And Rhonda and Sandy are in a room. Kind of girl talking <clears throat> it up about her new date. And that's when Billy walks God in. God damn it. And only a towel. God. Completely shirtless. Why, why did the director or writer think that, like, Billy's the guy... That needs to be topless all the time. You know, I I am really trying to find love for, for Billy. He sucks. I'm trying I fucking to like hate Billy. see like the side of him, but when I see him on screen, I don't know what to do. Like I'm almost like I just He's he irks me so bad. The way he walks Even the way he walks. The way he I like talks. And I, I'm hoping that he's going get, to get better as we go. Yeah. But, like, you're right. He's totally average. He's, like, he, like, everyone else is in, like, uh, impeccable shape. Yeah. They're, but, but, I mean, like, personality-wise, everybody else is in, like, a late-night TV show, and Billy is, like, in the Brady Bunch. Yeah, I totally get that. Like, he's playing it, like, Saved by the Bell, and everyone else is, like, General Hospital. You know? Yeah. He's um, fucking like, I can't. Dude, I am so on board. And that's when there's a knock at the door and Billy volunteers yeah. to answer it. And it feels like it's noon. It's like very bright. <laughs> yeah. Billy's out of the shower. Like yeah. who's showering at this time when someone else is getting ready for a date? And Billy plays like brooding dad. Well, dad, get her home by 1.30. You better take care of her when you're out. So... It's Rick at the door there to take Allison out on the dinner date yeah. that they discussed. So I guess this is a, a laughable moment in 92, but looking at it in 2017, it's like, mm, weird. Very weird. Well, on their date, we see a sax player just on the street. Right. Blowing out some tunes. And, and it, it feels like Ventura Boulevard that they're on. Like, at the restaurant. Yeah, in, like, the valley, like, Sherman Oaks. Yeah, we went to dinner where, where you could bring, like, that bottle of wine. Cafe Bisu. Yeah, it feels like that. It, it Like, very small table, real candlelight, which you don't see anywhere. Yeah, ever. very romantic. And they're chatting about their backgrounds. And Allison tells Rick that she always had a knack for the advertising world and her dad used to be a salesperson and she used to come up with little ad lines and she mentions that she had thought of an ad line for his father's company mm -hmm. um sunray sun tan lotion mm -hmm. so she tells him that the idea is um sunscreen is really 90s it's ecological but totally sexy at the same time it's almost hotter than a burn <laughs> 
So And he's like, that is an amazing idea. He's lapping it up. He loves it. And then, boom, Rhonda is just dancing body pump in the middle of Melrose Place, the exterior of the apartment. Right? Yeah, so this is the next day. They go, this is after they come home. They, Rick drops her off, they kiss, and then the next day, Ron is out by the pool, and she's practicing her moves for her aerobics class, and this country routine that she does is truly something to it's, see. It's trifling. It's like a hoedown. Yeah. Like that Ashley Simpson did on Saturday Night Live when she forgot all of her words, yeah. and she was clearly lip syncing. It's like, if I was an actor on this show, before doing this scene, I would talk to the director and be like, do we, we need this one? <laughs> you sure? Because it just, it doesn't fit with anything. I loved it. I thought it was great. And uh, while this is occurring, Perry, the rocker chick, stops by and Sandy's sunning herself and Perry knocks on Jake's door and basically Sandy's like... Sandy is Jake's basically human answering machine. First line of defense for any... Any female, woman. Any woman caller of Jake's. And she did this with Kelly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Kelly came knocking and, and Sandy's just in her in her position at the pool, ready to be like, and who are you? <laughs> so she who informed, the fuck are you, bitch? <laughs> she informs Perry <laughs> that Jake isn't home and it depends on who's calling on him and when he's going to be home. And as Perry walks away, she calls her a bitch under her breath, which for 92 television, I think was probably very, mm-hmm. very risque. For Ep 4? Ep 4? And she's just We're chilling. just going around, Bitch. Bitch. <laughs> It's probably the first time a bitch is said on this show. Well, we'll do some research. Maybe (laughs) maybe it is. Can you remember in 3, 2, or 1 anyone being called bitch? Oh, no, no. I thought you meant on, like, television No, no. I meant just Melrose. No, I think that's probably probably the first of many. Number one B word (laughs) comes from old Sandy. So Allison gets to D&D and she sees a rose on her desk and her boss comes in. She's very frazzled, very busy, and she pays a compliment to the boss and um, that kind of establishes the relationship that Allison's going to have with her boss further into the episode. Right. And um, the the boss is like, ooh, an inner work relationship, huh? And she's like, those never work, right? <laughs> That's right. So Matt rushes into the halfway house. He's got arms full of groceries. and Matt is, is so busy this episode. It is evident that he is very stressed out. And it maybe that's why he wasn't really in episodes three, two, or one. Because, because he, that guy works 100-hour weeks. He said 100 hours. <laughs> he did say that. And uh, in comes Rhonda, and he's elated to see her she's a few hours early and he's like great get to work you can help me with lunch too and that's when Rhonda drops it on him she's got gym low impact class 10 she, minutes she's in said, 10 minutes she's gonna be there i don't know where her gym is in relation i hope to it's the, hope it's next door i mean we being living in la you can't get anywhere in 10 minutes no no uh, no no she got 10 minutes and then, uh, Bill, uh, no, Matt is finally like, what the hell, Rhonda? Fine, go blow it off. 
blow it off like you do everything else. And that's that was our first real blow up from Matt. Yeah, and he is mad. But I would be too. Yeah. You know, she volunteered to help and he's counting on her and then she shows up and is like, oh, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, it's... But, you know, she was helping out a friend cover yeah. her class. Well, we go back to D&D, and that's where Allison is lurking in the hallway and overhears her date from the night before, Rick, pitching her idea mm-hmm. to her boss. Mm-hmm. So, And what did I say to you before, no, you before this happened? Dan called it. He said, he is going to steal her idea. I and knew it. That's exactly what what he did and I got like at that point Allison walks right up to Rick and says can I talk to you and then he runs to the men's bathroom and she runs in after him and pulls him out and I mean this is a scene that really for me like it really cements Allison's character I really love that she stood up for herself in that way If I was in that position, I don't think I could go up to the person while they're talking to my boss Mm -hmm. about my idea and take them away and confront them right then and there. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty ballsy. It's ballsy. Have have you noticed that uh, her gentleman caller from episode one is just gone? Oh, well, remember? he? Yeah, they were like, he's on the out. Yeah, well, because yeah. he had a sexual harassment, uh, a harassment suit right. pending. So I think he was fired. But it's, yeah, so it's just implied he's, he's, he's gone. gone ski. He's gone. Yeah. So when Allison confronts Rick, he says to her, everyone listens to the same shock jocks and watches the same MTV VJs. Right. So he's basically implying that um, everybody has the same ideas. They're all recycled and her idea wasn't unique. And He just hadn't thought of it yet. And she straight up is like, you are a leech. You are a thief. She really stands up for herself. Mm-hmm. And then she... She bursts back into the room, right, and talks to the boss and says, um, that idea that Dansworth pitched was mine. And she's basically like, look, Dansworth is our best client. I can't just go around and tell the real Dansworth from sunscreen land that his son is a, is a liar. Yeah, and I mean, the boss makes an excellent point that this is the son of one of their biggest accounts mm-hmm. that for sometimes in the real world, in the work world, life isn't always fair, yeah. which is really good advice. And if you, got, t- if you got an idea, keep it to yourself. Yeah, she says to Allison that if the next time you have a great idea, keep it to yourself or bring it to me. And that's when Allison says... There's not going to be a next time. Nope. Boom. Back to her desk. Takes her pen. Takes her coffee cup. She's packing up. And she is gone. She's out of there. She ain't having it. You don't steal an idea from Allison Parker. That's right. Yeah. And meanwhile, at the coffee shop, that coincidentally is the same time that Jake decides to quit as well. Right. Because he's like, take your $5 an hour. And shove it. Five bucks an hour. Five bucks. And that's when he promptly goes out to the payphone and calls Perry and lets her know he wants to talk. Right. Um, yes. 
Then my next thing is chick fuck painting. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we go to Perry's gallery, and there she is wearing a costume from Pirates of Penzance. <laughs> she is all decked out. You guys have to see this outfit that she's wearing. Uh, Where she explains that she's an art dealer. And she doesn't know a goddamn thing about art, but none of these people do, so everything's great. So she apparently has access to really big top like rock stars and art collectors, and she has such an influence over them that if she recommends an up-and-coming artist, they're just going to buy their paintings no matter if they're good or not. Mm -hmm. So that's when she pitches to... Uh, Jake, that he's going to become the new up-and-coming artist, and all they have to do is just throw some bullshit on a canvas, call it art, and these people are going to pay top dollar for it. Yep. So what does she do? She takes yellow paint and pours it all over Jake, and Jake responds with pink paint all over her, and then they get busy. Get busy all on top of the canvas. Mm-hmm. And then I have a note here that says, Sex painting! Jake's the man! <laughs> <laughs> He's awesome. He, I think he hooks up every episode. You know, I think you're right. He or it comes up. very close to it. Yeah. Well, that's when Rhonda... Um, we go back to Melrose Place and... Oh, um, the swim disc. <laughs> I call it the swim disc. <laughs> Matt is swimming in the pool. Angry laps. Yeah, he is really getting his aggression out Just on those the the water there. And Rhonda shows up, and she's looking really hot in that outfit. Mm, she had a I, really hot workout outfit on. I really disagree. <laughs> she was wearing fishnets. I really liked it. And she walks up to Matt while he's swimming and's like, hey, let's work this out. Nope. Matt comes up out of the water, takes one look at her, and just dives right back Boom. in. Next lap. Swim this. Can't hear you. You and he can't call, hear. He calls her self-absorbed. Right. And basically swims away. Yep. Then we got Allison. In, in her bed. Ba in bed. Wooden spoon. Captain Crunch. And ice cream. And she is just lapping it up, down on herself because she's now jobless. And then enter, enter Billy. He comes in and he, he tells Allison that she needs to go back in there and, you know, just face the music and be, don't quit. Yeah. And okay, question. What time was this? Like no. How how is she still able to just go to work on time? Okay, and did she really tell anybody that she was quitting? Because I think this is the next day. Yeah, and she and just woke up and she already has ice cream and Captain Crunch. That is my kind of day. That's a wacky. That is my kind of day. But nonetheless, she goes back to D and D. She's unpacking, and that's when her boss walks in and um and. Her boss is happy to see her. Mm -hmm. And I got it. Like, her boss is really nice. Yeah, giving all of these chances to the receptionist <laughs> really? to pitch to the top client. Yeah, honestly. And she suggests that Allison and, wor and Rick work together in mm -hmm. order to pitch this new idea to Rick's dad, Mr. Dansworth. Right. And uh, of course, Allison accepts and is ready to go. And then we're back. 
to the art party. Yeah, so the gallery, they're having a big a big showing, and um, this guy, Phil, walks in. I don't know who Phil is supposed to be. Mm-mm, I don't know. Some, like, rock Rocker, star guy. Shirtless, but a jacket. Just a big, big artsy, artsy-fartsy guy. And uh, that's when Perry unveils the new masterpiece, which is basically just a canvas with multicolored butt prints from when her and Jake had sex on the canvas. Right. I have here third grade finger ass painting. That's (laughs) that is pretty uh, that pretty much sums it up. But nonetheless, it impressed the rock star and he is into it. Right. Then is it and then it's back to Melrose Place, right? Where Allison's headed off to work? Well, Allison and Rick are meeting at midnight uh, to go over oh, right, right, right. to go over their plan of how they're going to work together to pitch to Sunray Sunscreen, who is actually, they're just pitching to Rick's dad, which is kind yeah. of weird. Rick definitely has the upper hand in this one. Yeah, that's when Allison tells Rick that she's going to play the game and get ahead no matter what it takes. But why doesn't Rick just call his dad and be like, hey, dad, fuck Allison. Go with my ideas, please. <laughs> These are questions that I have, too. Um, Allison tells Rick that three days ago she was a dreamer, and today she's all grown up. Yeah, she's playing hardball now. She is ready. And she says, Rick, what ideas do you have? And he's like, you go first. And then she's like, nope, tell me. And he's like, well, I got nothing. (laughs) That's what she says. Great, see you tomorrow. Well, I'll see you at the meeting. (laughs) Bye. Yeah, later. Um... Then we're back to art party, correct? Yeah. And uh, boom, Jake catches Perry in the back doing a little cocaine. And that's when she tries to get him to take a line. And he straight up knocks the entire tray of coke all out of yeah. her hand. And there was a lot of coke on that tray. Yeah. Now, I don't, I don't partake in this substance, but I, even I know if you knock over somebody's blow... That's that's a big problem. Yeah, that is not to be taken lightly. That's some expensive shit. And then Jake's like, same old Perry. Doing coke again, huh? <laughs> and he's not into it. That's when he walks out to the party, goes up to the rock star dude. He was like, yes, I love your painting that just has ass prints everywhere. I'm going to pay a lot, a lot of money for it. He walks up to him, throws the painting at him, and is like, you can have it. I'm a fake. I'm not an artist. Can someone please tell Jake that you don't need a degree or, like, a lot of training (laughs) to be, like, an artist? You could throw some paint on the canvas, and if it looks good and people find it aesthetically pleasing... You're an artist. You could potentially get paid for that. Yeah. Here's a guy that Mr. K is on his ass, gonna evict him, and he's just like, nope, not taking your money. It's ridiculous. Uh, So from what I gather, Jake just hates money. He's always almost about to get it and then throws it away. Yeah. It is an ongoing theme. And is this where he has his... uh, his, his moment of running from his life. Well, that's when Perry says, wait, where are you going? And he responds with, as far away from my life as I can possibly get. <laughs> Which, I take 
that to mean is that a suicide yeah someone needs to call the authorities is he gonna try to off himself over this i don't know Mm -hmm. uh then we're back to melrose place this is the next day allison's leaving for work it's the big pitch day where her and rick are supposed to team up together and pitch to sunray sunscreen about what their big ideas are she sees matt he is doing the work of five people and, as he says and kudos to the costume designer because i don't think allison has been in the same vest yet <laughs> we we're four episodes in and she has a new vest every new scene yeah well this is like a, a little suit that she's wearing um but just she's, to like reaffirm that she's ruthless now she's a hardened exec now yeah she tells Matt that basically she is not going to let anybody get in her way and she's going to bulldoze anybody who stands in front of her. Right. So they're in this, they're in the, the pitch, the pitch meeting, the pitch room, and Allison knocks it out of the park. And then it's time for Rick Dansworth. And what's he do? Classic before and after. Blows it. So basically, the big idea that Allison had and that she had revealed at the dinner, none of them pitch it. She pitches a new idea, and Rick tries to go off on his own and pitch a, his own idea, which really he flounders. And um, Allison is seeing that he's clearly struggling, and then she throws him a life preserver by pretending that he came up with the original idea of the, of sexier than a burn, hotter than a burn. Right. So Allison, at the last, at the at the what's what's the term at the five at the finest 11th hour. hour. Yeah. At the, <laughs> at the eleventh hour, she has a change of heart and is back to sweet old Allison, basically. So cut to Rhonda's at her aerobics class. She's teaching. Everybody's getting funky. Right. And then they take a five. And that's when Matt walks in. He walks up to Rhonda and says he's wrong. And that he's the one that's been self-absorbed. And now he only wants his best friend back. Right. She, she gladly takes him back. And then she makes him stand at the front of the class and do a dance he's never done before. And it's horrible. <laughs> so we go back to D&D and Allison's boss comes up to her after the pitch and um, lets her know that she saw what she did in there, that she was aware of the original idea and she knew the situation. And she complimented Allison on her integrity. And really, Allison is lucking out with having a boss that's taken this much interest in her. She's only been working at D&D for like Four days, yeah. and she's pitching to their biggest account. Mm-hmm. It's pretty incredible. And yeah, yeah, she's 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 uh she's moving up the ranks very quickly at D and D. And then a difference from this episode to all the others is that this is the first time we're at Shooters this late in an episode. Oh yeah, they love shooters. They love Shooters. Shooters was like every other shot. In the other episodes. We're here now, and Sandy, of course, is the only waitress there, and she drops off a plate of nachos to a couple sitting at a table, and she says, Eat slowly, or your stomachs will scream. (laughs) What the (laughs) hell does that mean? Who knows? 
Jake's like, come on, Sandy, play some pool with me. So he walks in, and of course he's down on his luck. He hasn't found a job. He doesn't have any money. He's mm -hmm. lamenting about how he's grown up, and he hates his family. And, and once again, Sandy is there to console him, kiss him on the cheek, and bring him back down. And I will say, like, we know that Sandy drops this accent soon. But when she is talking to Jake, it's not there. It isn't? No, it's gone. I made a note. Where's the accent? So that that was like the first time she's she was like it was it was like light but light to non existent. Hmm. At that scene. Well, the next scene we see Jake trying to sell his bike at a motorcycle dealer, I guess, and the guy that owns the place looks over the bike and compliments on the the nice work that's been done on the bike but says that they're not buying anything so mm -hmm. unfortunately he's not going to put an offer on the bike yeah and then he's like i'm not going to buy the bike but i do need to hire whoever put this bike together and then jake's like will that be me and then he's like well then you got a job so and then i'm like how dumb is fucking jake <laughs> dude Jake, this whole time, you have tried to work at a coffee place, you have tried to not work, you have tried to be an artist, and then the one thing that you're actually good at, maintenance, and, and, uh, and mechanic Working on the bike, yeah. Yeah, you never thought to look at the classifieds for, for mechanics? Well, sometimes you just have to go through other experiences before you see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think all of those experiences led Jake up to this moment right. where he's finally going to be doing what he loves, which is working on motorcycles. Mm -hmm. So Jake gets a jobby job by the end. And then, boom, we're at the halfway house. And Matt's, Matt's running around trying to serve up these kids. And who shows up but Sandy, Rhonda, and Allison with food and supplies. The biggest bowl of pasta you'll ever see. And I think there was probably eight people there wanting to yeah. eat dinner. And Matt, how hard is this, bro? Just cook the spaghetti. And, give, and he's like, Tommy, get the napkins. Set them all up. Dude, relax. You don't need all these people. So that's how we end the episode. Uh, we see that they're all on board to help out Matt at the halfway house, and they're all coming together to help for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that key characters from other episodes are just kind of not there in this one? Jane and Michael get a complete break. Well, I think... Billy's like... When you One have an scene. ensemble cast like this, and there's so many storylines and so many characters, you can't they can't have equal screen time every single episode. They have to spend different time, like they have to spend time on everybody's different storylines, and we're not going to see everybody every episode. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But the people that I'm glad that aren't there anymore, the freaking nine hundred two one hundred. Yay! Kids. No Kelly. No David, and no Donna, and no Steve. Woo! Thank the Lord. You thank the Lord. So what, what was your 90s moment from this episode? Oh my gosh. Well, I have to say, 
I loved it when Rick said, well, what are you going to do? Go home and rent a video? Uh, and referencing Oprah, I think, is great. Mm -hmm. um, but the $5 an hour, that is just a reminder about where we are. And, um, uh, gosh, I think minimum wage in L.A. now is like... It's going to be 15 going to be right? 15 Yeah. Tripled. And it, it's been just 25 years since then. So yeah. um, that's inflation for you. I've got Jake entering the coffee shop with the classifieds, the one ads, and Jake using a payphone. Yeah, those are great ones for sure. Yeah. So to recap, this episode was clearly about Allison moving up the ranks with the pitch. Um, Matt's trouble at the at the at the halfway house. At the halfway the, house, establishing that he needs help. Right. And Jake finally finding a solution to his uh, financial problems. Unemployment problem. Yeah. Um, so what do you think the... What was the lesson here for Melrose of, of this episode, of episode four? Well, I kind of feel like the, the lesson that we're supposed to take away is that in this cutthroat world, the people who get the farthest in life are the people that really go with their hearts and maintain their integrity. And those are the people that are the most fulfilled and the happiest. Mm. Uh, because I think we see that Jake is trying to be a fake and um, be this artist, and that's not fulfilling to him. And then um, Allison's trying to be a hard ass and be um, a bulldozer and just going to trample over anybody who gets in her way. But at the end, she realizes that Helping out Rick is more fulfilling than taking all the glory. And at the end, when they're all helping Matt at the halfway house, it just reinforces that we're helping the greater good. We're getting together to help other people, and we're happy, and we're happy to do that. Right. I, I, I Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it was about how you can't really cut corners to make it, to make things work in life and, and at work. Like, Jake tries to cut a corner with the coffee house and do this art thing, and it fails. Uh, Dansworth tries to cut a corner, steals Allison's idea, and it fails. And then uh, Matt doesn't really try to cut any corners, but he tries to cut off the hand that feeds him, which is his friends who help him with the, the house, with the, the halfway house. So, yeah. Yeah. Those are the lessons. Those are pretty good lessons. Now, this episode was entitled For Love or Money. But if you had to retitle it, what would you call it? I would call it Easy Way Out. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah? You like that one? I have two. One would be It's an Art. Because they talk a lot about um, Jake and his non-ability of being an artist with the gallery, but then when he goes to the uh, motorcycle guy, he tells him the person who put this together is clearly an artist. And I think there is a lot of art in being an ad exec and coming up with these ideas and even the little pitches that she made. So I might say it's an art, but then I think at the end of it all, do the right thing stands out of my mind. Too. That's good. I can dig it. 
I can dig it. So, Dan, what are your predictions for the upcoming episodes? Mm. I know it's been a long time. We've seen these yeah. before, but it's been a long time. I the, don't remember, like, anything. This is the first one that I had, like, like lights are flickering in my head of, like, oh, yeah. Like, I remember the ass painting. Like, right, right when, like, she entered, when she was talking about art, I was like, yeah. I remember. Oh, you would. I totally remember it. You painting. would. But my prediction is that Allison gets promoted. She, I think she moves up the ranks. Um, and I think soon Jake will still be broke. He's, really? He's going to find a way to fuck it up. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking that Jake has finally gotten out of his uh, financial woes. And he's going to be able to like really, his storylines are going to go really more with the ladies and, like, being broke all the time. Yeah. Uh, and I think that maybe a little rekindling of the romance might be in the cards for her, for him and Sandy. Yeah, can he just, like, hook up with Sandy yet? Let's do this. Well. I think that's it. Thank you guys for listening, if you are, and girls for listening, if you are. Uh... We our email is melrosepod at gmail.com. If you have any questions or want us to talk about anything, we'd be happy to to read your email and respond on the podcast. And we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Melrose Pod. And we'll see you next week. See you later. <laughs>